On May 6, 1967, 34-year-old secretary at Redstone Arsenal named Mary Faye Hunter was reported missing by her parents. She was last seen at a grocery store only a couple of blocks from her home. Five months later, her skeletal remains would be found on the banks of a nearby creek. Rumors would fly all over town about who was responsible for the disappearance and death of Mary Faye Hunter. But to this day, we still have no answers. Join us as we discuss the murder of Mary Faye Hunter and dive into the darkness, one crime at a time. Welcome to One Crime at a Time. I'm your host, Shannon. With me, as always, my sister from the same mister, Christina. Hi, everybody. What's going on? I'm off work for two months. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe we can record some more episodes. Yay. That'll be me. good. Yay, we, me. It's been, a few, it's been a couple of weeks, guys. What's been it's up been with a, you guys? It's been a while. <laughs> I've been out of it. I've, I've, had things going on. Yeah, we both had things going on with our mom and stuff. So, But we're here today. Yes. And I'm not going to be promising anything. It's probably going to be every two weeks now. But, you know, since it's summer and Christina's off, we might can go back to weekly. Maybe. Maybe. So, we'll see. With the other podcast, it's like one every two months. <laughs> we're just not even studying that right now. I just need to do one thing at a time. <laughs> well, I have to study it because I'm worried about it. <laughs> Hey, man, don't be worried about it. It's cool. You're humming. I know. Apparently, we're having technical difficulties. Well, it's raining. I'm wondering if that may have I think it's just a, I need a new cord for my microphone. I think I need a new. You've hit it with your boobs one too many times. I guess so. I guess I have. These things are dangerous. (laughs) They're very dangerous. I guess I'll just hold it like this for two hours. (laughs) There you go. All right. (laughs) (laughs) This is... Y'all just don't know how the, much b- behind the scenes how <laughs> much fun we have doing doing all of this. You just don't the know. The final result does not show all of that. No, but gosh, you just don't know. All right, so um, I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time running my mouth, but before we get oh, wow. started. <laughs> Things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> what two weeks can do? <laughs> Well, I guess there there you go. New and improved, one crime at a time. Shannon shuts the fuck up. That is um, amazing. I did. <laughs> so, but before we do get started, I want to give a shout out to Lindsay and Madison at Yay Old Crime Podcast. They gave us a shout out on their show this week. And awesome. I just want to return the favor. They're, oh, they're actually sisters. You are very brave. <laughs> <laughs> Too brave individuals. Oh, you talking about Lindsay and Madison? Yes. Yes, they are for getting involved with us. Yes. yes. <laughs> You're brave. <laughs> but we do want to say that we appreciate you guys. And guys, if our listeners haven't listened to that, go over there and do it. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good podcast. So go enjoy that. And another thing that we need, I need to bring up before we get started is I need to talk to you guys about Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Mm. I know I do. 
Baxter blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. I know I have. I work. I'm an accountant, so I stare at a computer screen all day long. I come home. I write. I read on a computer all night long. So, yeah, my eyes are pretty screwed up. So, this helps. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. So that's pretty wow. cool. You buy a pair, My mom get... needs some. <laughs> I get her some Baxter Blues. This is eyewear built for our digital age, and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. So go check them out. Yes. We are also brought to you by our subscribers on Patreon. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. You're awesome. Hi, guys. So if you would like to help support the show, you can for as little as a dollar a month. We have several levels that include access to our exclusive Patreon feed, mini-sodes, merchandise, and commercial-free episodes. Okay, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, where you sit patiently waiting for me to read your weekly review. <laughs> Will well, it be your weekly review? Now, <laughs> you should do two since you're only doing it nope. every other week. Look, the rule is one but, per episode. <laughs> no, you said one per week. Well, that's when we were doing weekly. <laughs> well, Which I'm gonna. I think that we can now since you're off, but I just don't want to say that we are. Yeah, I just never just know you know, put put happen. a notification up there, and if a new episode comes up, it'll let you know. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> like Guys, the lottery. I'm sorry, like but I'm not going to apologize for taking the time no. to take care of my mother. I mean, no, I don't no think we have neglected this one and the <laughs> really bad the other podcast. <laughs> But I am not going to apologize for that. Oh, it's fine. They, no, they don't understand. You know. They understand. So this comes from Bernard Hampton. Bernard Hampton. And this has the greatest title. My sister's from a different mister. There you go. <laughs> I love Shannon and Christina. The back and forth reminds me of my relationship with my sisters. They don't cut each other any slack. Love it. <laughs> thank you, Bernard. Yes, We appreciate you. you. We had an uncle whose name was Bernard, but we called him Bernard. Bernard. <laughs> I don't know it was why. Bernard, but because we're Cause southern we're weird. <laughs> Bernard. I don't know why. Was it A R or E R? A R. I think it was A R. Maybe it was E R. Maybe it was B E R N E R D. Maybe it of, was. I bet it was. Or either. You know, or it's kind of like you know. It's kind of well, like my mama call, says pillar. I mean. Well, they called Marietta Mayretta. So we're just got we just we don't do syllables. We don't like them. Okay, as a as a as a whole, our family doesn't do syllables. Maybe that's now the we had Shelby Jean, but it was Sheb Jean. Sheb Jean, <laughs> just forget the L. <laughs> It's unimportant. I mean, we we got we we, we, know, we, we, we need to make it snappy. Look, we got times of ways, and we got time look, to be pronouncing every L in somebody's name. We 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 <laughs> we know who we were talking about. Okay. 
Okay, so it's time for our story. Yes. So we're going to Decatur, Alabama. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, people in Decatur. Buckle your seatbelts. Decatur, which is also known as the River City, is the county seat of Morgan County, which is just southwest of Huntsville, Alabama. Yes. And everybody knows where Huntsville, Alabama is. Well, they should because it's northern Alabama. It's the space where the space. Well, I'm just saying. So throughout the 1960s, there were a lot of people moving into Morgan County, and this was mainly due to a military base that was bringing in military contractors, scientists, families. So folks were just moving in. Now this military base was named Redstone Arsenal, and it had originally been opened during World War II and was a missile storage facility. Oh. Well, that's we should have well, we should have gone and visited that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we would have if we were alive, but we weren't oh, when they were man. storing missiles there. Now, after World War II, the Army's rocket research and development activities were transferred from Fort Bliss to Redstone Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So that's where they were trying to figure out how to send a guy to the moon. Yay, us. Which never happened. Yes, but anyway, let's get on. It did. This Don't includes- listen to her. <laughs> she watches way too much YouTube. <laughs> now, this included German scientists who were brought to the U.S. in Operation Paperclip. Paperclip. Which, if you don't know about, is when our government brought German scientists to the U.S. after World War II to work on top-secret projects, weapons development, space programs, you know, all kind of stuff. Because they were smarter than we were, so... We needed their help. And in 1962, NASA took over operations at the Red Star which employed most of the people in the area. And one of these people was Mary Faye Hunter. Mary. Now, Mary Faye Hunter was born May the 2nd, 1933, in Decatur, Alabama. Aww. In she ni- was born in Decatur. Well, I guess in 33 she was. Yeah, she was born, born in Decatur, Decatur. Alabama. Decatur, Alabama. Decatur. Yeah. Just like it's Lafayette, not Lafayette. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Get it right. Okay. Louisville, not Louisville. (laughs) Shut up. We can do this all night. Yes, we could. (laughs) So, in 1951, Mary graduated from Decatur High School and would continue to live with her family over the next decade and a half. She never married and worked as a secretary at Marshall Space Flight Center on Redstone Arsenal, Arsenal Military Post. Okay. A job she held for over a decade. Wow. You go, girl. Now, some people, and I haven't been able to verify this anywhere other than people just talking, but there was talk that she might have been a little bit slow, was what they called it back then. Why has everybody got to always but say that? But my point, because... Because she never married and lived with her family. That was the reason they gave. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but my point oh, is. Oh, well, she must be, she must be handicapped and slow. <laughs> but she, she was able to work as must, a secretary for over be, a decade. She's not married and lives with her parents. <laughs> she must be handicapped. She must not be right in uh, the for head. Real, for real. But I never. What is wrong I was never people? seen anywhere where that was actually. That was because just what it's people not said. True. Yeah. So she I just, just want to say that. She a different you, path from it. Yeah, Most I mean, if people. you see that out there, it's not, that is not been proven as fact. Well, it's not to know what the people of Alabama think of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty fucking obvious. <laughs> wow. Oh, gosh. Well, I know I messed up in the head, but they ain't got to sit there and think it. 
Look, you never being married and having kids is not why they think you're messed up in the head. I can okay, promise you. Okay, well, let's just get this straight. They know. I mean, there's all the other reasons. <laughs> Look, let's just get this straight. I am fucked up beyond repair. Always will be. Aren't we all? But it's not because I never married. And it's not the reason. Well, maybe it is the reason you never married. No. You just couldn't find anyone to put up with your ass. No. No, I never found anybody that I could put up with long (laughs) enough that I wouldn't kill them if you really want to know the truth. So, fellas, if you're listening, you want want some of all that? Hey, everybody. (laughs) I know that sounds really tempting. (laughs) There is one person out there that would not drive me so crazy. Oh, who? I don't know who he is. I ain't met him. Yeah, there's, that's, I think that's why I like, you know, cowboys so much, cause they're crazy too. So, you know, if you're a cowboy out there and you like crazy bitches. Here I am! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I love, I love this. this okay. <laughs> murder. Talking about murder is so fun. I swear to God. Now she also, going back to Mary. Okay. She oh, yeah, also, I forgot about her. <laughs> Mary, okay. Now, Mary. Mary also volunteered as a pianist for the youth choir. A what? A, p- <laughs> a what? A pianist. Pianist. A pianist. <laughs> Look, people knew what I was talking about without you stopping everything, okay? The A is not solid. A pianist. <laughs> a pianist. I said pianist. Pianist. It's a P. I I say pianist. <laughs> Listen to yourself. <laughs> okay, look. Listen. This is what happened. Okay. She married. She liked to play the piano. She played the piano voluntarily. That is why you know it's pianist because you don't say piano. <laughs> piano. Piano. It's piano. <laughs> okay, fine. Whatever. Anyway. She played piano voluntarily for the youth choir at the Center Methodist Church. Oh, that was sweet. Well, that finally got through that, what, six letters, six, six word sentence in 20 minutes. It only took two minutes. Okay. So Mary has been described as a gentle, quiet soul. Now, on May 2nd, 1967, Mary Faye Hunter celebrated her 34th birthday. Four days later, she would disappear. <gasps> I what don't did you of... think was going to happen? <laughs> well, you know hoping... what podcasts we're doing, right? I was hoping maybe this was just a little different mix-up. <laughs> <laughs> we I were just, just going to talk just... about somebody who did great community <laughs> things. We were off we're to just a good gonna, start. We were just going to say fuck the format and just go we off. We were just, off to a good go start. Off I mean, you know, she played <laughs> piano for the choir, yeah. the youth choir. We were off to a good start. Yeah. She was a great humanitarian. Yeah, she was. Now, May 6th, 1967 was a rainy Saturday in Decatur, Alabama. And Mary Faye Hunter left her home, which was on the 800 block of 8th Avenue Southeast, and walked toward the House of Beauty. Which, I'm, it's a beauty salon, I'm guessing. Yes, okay. it was. A, it was a hair wow, salon I on Grant Street. <laughs> you are just—I am on it. You are sharp tonight, baby. I am. Now, Mary had an appointment that morning to get her due done, 
I loved it how women back then went every week to get their hair done. They didn't do old it ladies still do it. And didn't do it themselves. They would like have that hair for like a week. <laughs> week. There's people that still, the older ladies still, still do, do that. It, yes. They, you know, they do their, they go to the salon to the. Once a week. They go get their do done once a week. Yeah. So she got her due done, and then she left the salon at around 11.30 a.m. and headed towards Decatur. But she got there at 8.30, because, see, that's how long it took. Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm serious. I'm being serious. Yeah. <clears throat> now, there were multiple witnesses who saw her in an A.M.P. grocery store on Johnson Street just before noon. Okay. An A.M.P. I an love A.M.P.s. A&P's. They don't, what does it stand for? They, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I came Let's up just with say it's things. apples and peaches. <laughs> I came up with a few things, but you don't want to know. <laughs> well, I think. Do they still have AMP stores? I don't know. Maybe we're gonna have to. Find, I'll have to look. That up. Please email us if you got an AMP store at your place where you stay. Anywhere in the United <laughs> in the United States, in your hometown, where you live, whatever. Wherever. We, we want to know. I want to go in an AMP. I don't know. I don't know that you do. <laughs> And let us know what it stands for, because <laughs> the things that are going through my mind... Well, that's just because you, you're just I'm weird. demented. We've already discussed that. Now, this would put her a little under a mile away from her home. And this would have, this was a trip that would have taken no more than 20 minutes or so walking. So once she left the grocery store, it shouldn't have taken her any more than 20 minutes to walk back home. However, when she failed to return home by 1 p.m., her parents began to worry. Well, yeah, and that's because one of the things that. Well, and plus, that's one of the things that some people point to, saying that that she that another reason that she might have been a little slow or something because her parents. I mean, she got to the grocery store, you know, just before noon, and by one o'clock, her parents were already like really worried. No, I can go to town and be gone five <laughs> minutes, and my mama's calling me. Where are you at? <laughs> That's just a parent thing. I'm just saying that, I mean, she's 34 years old. and I'm 41. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I ain't saying, I'm just saying that, that that's a, one of the things people point to. That, uh, that's just parents. Yeah. So family and friends began searching for her that afternoon, but were unable to find any trace of Mary. So the family then, of course, called the police. Mm-hmm. The family of Mary Faye even contacted Jean Dixon. Oh, Dixon. Remember, you remember Jean Dixon? She was a self-proclaimed psychic. She used to be mm-hmm. on TV and in the paper. I called Jean Dixon one time. You <laughs> called Jean a, Dixon. Like in the, when I was little. <laughs> called Jean Dixon. That's a total fucking lie. You're just making that up. For, for I called story. one of them. Maybe it wasn't her. What I was called the, one of them. What was the Jamaican lady? Oh, that's the one I called. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What was her name? What was her name? <laughs> oh my gosh. God, oh, I can Google see her that face. Shit. <laughs> I can see her face. What was her name? Everybody's screaming at the radio right now. Miss mm-hmm. Cleo. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's who you were thinking about. It is. Quite I'm different sorry. from Jean Dixon. I'm, I do apologize. <laughs> now, Jean Dixon told the family that Mary was still alive but had gotten a little mixed up. Which is another thing people point to. Saying that she just didn't know where she was going. How are, if you can't walk home in a town that you have lived in your whole life for 34 years, 
how are you a secretary? How are you? I mean, how do Why you have you the even capacity going? to be okay, a okay. secretary for more than ten years? Well, not only that, apparently you've been doing this every week, right? And have always made it home. Right. So why that one day? I mean, come on, people, get real. I mean, that's just—I find that ridi- uh, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now, five days after her disappearance on May 11th, 1967, an article published in the local Alabama Courier newspaper displayed a picture of Mary Faye Hunter. The newspaper stated that there was a $2,000 reward for information that led to Mary's safe return. It also stated that police had been searching for the young woman in the preceding week, searching mainly in abandoned homes and farm buildings in the hopes of uncovering any clues. They also stated that the search had expanded north of Morgan County to the other side of the Tennessee River in southern Limestone County. Okay. And there was no sign of Mary Faye Hunter for five months. Oh. Then, on October the 14th, 1967, sisters Kim and Connie Hauser were staying with their grandparents, Mr. and Mrs. Dewey Hauser. Now... <clears throat> that day, they decided that they were going to take Kim, who was six years old, and Connie, who was four years old, fishing. Fishing. That sounded, Thank that's, you. That's my hit coming out. Fishing. Now, the Hauser family lived on land that backed up to the Wheeler National Wildlife Refuge. Yay. I don't know. Don't say that because I'm editing that out. So the Hauser family lived on land that backed up to the Wheeler National Wildlife Refuge. So the family went fishing at Flint Creek, which is an offshoot of the Tennessee River between Decatur and Hartsell, mm-hmm. Alabama. Yep. Now, they got to a slough and started fishing. And if you don't know what a slough is, it's just kind of where, like, inlet. in the summertime, it's the water in- recedes into a little area. Yeah, it's like a little inlet. Yeah, kind of like, like a inland, inlet. Like inland, like a little... Which usually, you know, if, it's it's, if, the, river, if the river's up, that's going to be covered, but... But in, when the water goes down, yeah. you've got... It's basically a little inlet with mm-hmm. two pieces of land on each side of it, but it's open out yeah. to the river. So they started fishing, and of course, the girls being six and four, they got bored pretty quickly. Of <laughs> See, I never did. <laughs> I didn't either. Because we weren't allowed to. I liked fish. I, I, I still love to fishing. fish, though. But. Let's go fishing. I can go <laughs> dig some worms out of the yard. Like right now? Like right now. Okay, guys. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> We're going fishing. And it's raining, too. They'll be biting good. Oh, yeah, good. they'll be biting good. <laughs> so back to Kim and Connie. They're bored fishing. And they got their walking sticks, and they started walking around and were exploring, seeing what all they could find. Oh, like hiking sticks? Yes, or? Okay. yes. Walking sticks. Not like a cane. Oh, that's what popped into my head. Not <laughs> like a cane. I'm like, why would these two A walking children? stick. So the water was down really low, so you could walk across the water and the slough to the mudflats. Mm-hmm. So the girls, they were just playing around with their sticks, you know, just walking through the woods, flipping stuff over with their sticks, you know. And they come across a lady's watch. Ooh, they thought they found something. They did. So one of the girls puts the watch on her arm, you know, thinking she was hot shit, you know. Oh, no. (laughs) And so they keep, you know, this girl, she's got her little watch on. She thinks she's hot shit. They're walking around, still flipping through leaves and stuff. And soon the girls found a woman's billfold. And the other girl took it and was carrying it around. Because, you know, one got the watch and oh, the well, was like, they, well, they I'm going to take going, this billfold. Because, they were going to, t- there was right. an argument over that. I can tell you, <laughs> you know right now. 
What if somebody got pushed down on their you prom? Are, you are right. <laughs> you know that happened. I can see it. So, <laughs> well, then they they walk out into a little mud flat area and they discover a pile of bones up oh, against wow. the tree line. And at first, they thought it may have been rabbit bones or something. So they walk up to it and, you know, are looking at it and, you know, just kind of rolling around with oh, yeah. it. Rolling I mean, the bones around bone. with it's their walking sticks. It's just bones. But when they got closer, they could tell that it was, that something yeah. was different than what they had seen before. They'd never seen it's these human before. Skull. And it just didn't look right to these little girls. So, Keon told Connie to run get their grandparents. So, Connie takes off. But then Kim, she starts to get a little scared <laughs> standing Bless there by herself. Heart. So she, but she did a smart thing. She stuck her stick in the ground to mark where the bones were. See, country girls are smart. <laughs> You're right. We're smart. And that little four-year-old girl knew her way back to right. her grandparents. I want in the woods. I want y'all to stop and think about that. Well, now they weren't in the woods. They were just kind of going along the the. Well, I mean, still, and they though. could still see their grandparents. I mean, they weren't out; they never got out of sight. But still, so they both run back to their grandparents, and the girls, you know, were told their grandparents they found some bones. You know, well, at first they think the girls probably just found some animal bones because well, that, you, know, you find them all the time in the woods, right? But then and on the riverbank, then the girls showed them the billfold and the watch that they had found. So. Their grandparents were like, well, maybe something's up. Maybe we need to go check out <laughs> these bones. Maybe we need to go see what's going on over here. <laughs> so, they went over to the where the bones were and realized that it was a human body. And they also noticed along the shoreline clothes that were hung in exposed roots. So, it looked like maybe either animals had strode the clothes around. Or they went or the water. Dumping. No, I think probably, or the water had rose up. Yeah. Um, and the clothes just floated, and when the water proceeded in the summer, it just kind of left the clothes on the twigs and stuff that would have been underwater when the water was up. Yeah. Which I think the body was probably hidden in the water. Probably. And, but anyway, I don't know that to be a fact. That's she just, could have been skinny dipping. That is just by conjecture. So don't go saying what Shannon said. <laughs> <laughs> So, so they got in the car and went back to the house to call the police because, you know, they didn't have a cell phone because they had not been well, invented yet. <laughs> they had been invented, but normal people They were being used one. by NASA down up the road. <laughs> Mary probably had one for work. Now, police and the coroner were called to the scene. And Alvin Ben, who was a legendary journalist who would achieve fame while covering the civil rights movement, he actually lived in this area at the time, and he wrote a memoir called Reporter, and he described the scene surrounding the discovery of Mary Faye Hunter's remains and how the police were really lackadaisical when it came to roping off the scene from the public, <laughs> which Again, at this time seems to be very, very, very prevalent in the stories that we talk about. <laughs> I mean, again, really? Yeah, same old, same old. Jeez, you would have thought somebody reading a newspaper would have learned, well, maybe we need to start doing these <laughs> things different. Well, I mean, this is him pointing this out years later. So at the time, it may have been, you know, he didn't even notice that they shouldn't have been doing that. It's just as he learned 
you know, like we all did about forensics and okay, stuff. Okay, and that's that all he's well like, good, well, that the public didn't know it, but the police should have well, still I'm just known saying. it. Now, he described the coroner um, in scuba gear. They went and fished out bones from of the young woman from the water, which kind of makes me think that it, at some point the water was over the body. Yeah. And while members of the public were looking on at the scene and pointing out spots where more of her remains were found, because they were like, hey, you missed hey, one. Right here. <laughs> right here. So, I mean, the public were literally out there. <laughs> right here. I, th- I th- think this is like a finger bone. <laughs> Over here, guys. Right here. So, now, state officials, this is puzzling to me. State officials later told a coroner's jury that Hunter had been sexually assaulted before her death. How did they know that? That's my point. just bones. And the investigators never said how they had come to that conclusion. And... At, and the because the remains were deteriorating. Did the raccoon in the tree next to the side. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, y'all know what happened to that woman? But it was skeleton deteriorated to the point where it's just a skeleton. So you're not I gonna don't know. you're not gonna be able to tell if somebody got raped from a skeleton, especially in 1960. Not even today. So you know, I don't know how they reached that conclusion. Or how the notion even entered the case. I don't I know where that because, came from. I guess because they just assumed. I'm thinking, yeah, I think it's a big leap and a big assumption. Especially when you're telling a coroner's jury. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It just seems like any something. Any medical examiner will tell you that you, on bones, there's really no I don't way think to there tell. Especially, not, there was no way that they would have been able to tell that she was sexually assaulted. Unless one of them knew. Dum, 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 dum. Join us next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm someone. joking. I'm joking. Now, the night that the body was found, okay, when the Hauser family got back home, they started receiving phone calls. Dum, dum, dum. And these phone calls... At first, nobody would, like, it was just somebody. We were not talking or anything. <laughs> just got, yeah, kind of, you know, a breathy call. And it later turned into calls about, you just need to forget what you saw. You don't need to tell anybody what you Well, they you really seen. didn't but see the anything. Thing, exactly. So, I don't know if this really, if these calls came from somebody that had anything to do with the murder or was just some kids being dickheads and like oh well these people found this body let's call these old people and freak them out but they did receive calls that started the night they found the remains and they went on for a while like they would get these calls every so often i know you younger kids that don't understand having no caller id (laughs) the funnest thing in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s to do was call people and prank them and that's probably very well c- could have been what it was. I, I just, I don't know why I have that feeling. Now, some of them are saying that these calls started that night before it was even in the newspaper. But, but there were a lot of people at that, the crime my, That was scene. going to be my point. There were people there pointing out to Bones. them where they needed to find the, I mean, and it's a small town. So if somebody finds dead 
and no everybody's going to know about it in 30 right. minutes. Right. It's not going to be a big secret. So. And the reason I feel like it was a prank call is it's a small town in Alabama. Yeah. That was like the best thing ever. <laughs> we grew up in a small town in Alabama. And that's, uh, there's, that's, that's what you do. nothing else to do. So that's what you do. You, when you get an opportunity like this, you take advantage. You call people. <laughs> You call people and prank them. Yes, that's what you do. Or, well, not today because now they know who you are. But back oh, then, yeah, you, you can't could do have. that now. I hated caller ID when it I came know. out because you couldn't get away with anything anymore. Now, Lieutenant Everett B. Watts and Sar- Sergeant Bob Hancock were placed in charge of the investigation. Now, Lieutenant Everett Watts, he had a stepdaughter named Phyllis Anders. Okay, and. She, there's an interview with her on YouTube. See, I told you she loves YouTube. (laughs) And she is recounting him years later after the investigation was over and all this. She was recounting a story that he told her one night. Okay. So take this for what it is, okay? It was just a bedtime story. It, well, I mean, she I was grown. And they well, just, hey, they I were like just, bedtime stories. They were just bringing up old cases and stuff. Now, she at the time did not know that he had worked the Mary Faye Hunter case. Okay. It was just her name was brought up because, um, spoiler alert, this case has never been solved. Uh, uh, wow. uh, because all they had was some bones. Bones. And some clothes and a wallet and a watch. Right. They're talking one night. Mary Faye Hunter's name comes up, and, you know, he said, and she's like, well, you know, I hate that they never found who did that to her. And his response to her was, well, we know who did it. We could just never prove it. And he begins to tell her that when they found Mary Faye Hunter's body, they found, you know, they were turning over all the leaves and stuff, Uh as the girls were doing. And because this was October and everything had started falling. Okay. Right? So it had been there since May. Right. Seen. And under some of these leaves, they found a box of French's instant potatoes <gasps> in a bag with a receipt mm. from the grocery store. The A.M.P. The A.M.P. So, and it was just, it, you know, of course, it wasn't like the heat receipt that we get today yeah, digital receipt. it was a hand it was a plain hand yeah. handwritten receipt for french's instant potatoes so they found that they also found a stick that was kind of bent laying under some brush huh. and it was it was, it was well <laughs> imagine that <laughs> Very highly suspicious. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so just just let me get there, okay? Okay. I'm going. We're, we'll get there, okay? All right. Now they found next to this stick. It looked like still some a little bit of an indention from the from tire tracks. <clears throat> so one of the police officers that were there knew that area really well, and he's like, "This doesn't this doesn't belong here. It was something that wouldn't have been in those woods." A stick? <laughs> it was. It didn't look like any. It looked like it was off a bush or something. And there okay, so it wasn't indigenous to the right, area. Right. Okay. Okay. Why well, you, that people know what I'm saying. Why you got to try to 
act all big with your big words and shit. Because I like big words because <laughs> they confuse you. So this stick, or from a bush, this branch was not indigenous to the area where See? it was found. Thank okay, you. people? Thank you. You're welcome. So what they did, they got a horticulturist. A plant doctor. They got a plant guy from <laughs> South Alabama come up there. He probably was from Auburn. And said, hey, check out this stick. And he's like, Look yeah. A stick in the woods. He's like, you're right. It's this a stick. <laughs> in the woods. This stick wouldn't have been found here. He said, plus, it looks like it's been closed in a car door. Okay. Further than that. At the time that she went missing, this branch would have had this certain type of berry on it. Okay. So he says, "Was it like a um a holly or the?" Do not um, ask me because she didn't say. She just said that it would have been it would have had berries on it. That's all she knew. Okay. Okay. So they have this, and the guy tells him, you know, if you've got a suspect. You know, check his car and see if there's berries in it or any trace of berries. Because if this was stuck in his car door, it would have had berries on it. Unless so say, it was one of the limbs that didn't have berries <laughs> on it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I I could be wrong, but I don't know what kind of plant it is. That's why I was That's, asking. This is what I'm telling y'all. Don't take any of this, what I'm saying, as the gospel truth. I'm just repeating what this lady Phyllis Anders said on this YouTube video that as it pertains to what she was told by the guy who investigated yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I get, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, because that's why I asked if it was a holly, because if it was a holly bush, not every limb has berries. She on. has no clue what okay. kind of branch it was. That's well, what then I'm, how does she, oh, you're talking about the girl that's telling the right, story. Okay. Right, right. Okay. She didn't know. So, what she said was that somehow... They tracked down a car that they thought might have been involved. Now, she says she has no memory or recollection of how they tracked this car down. She doesn't know if it was from tire tracks or whatever. But, you know, they found the guy who was driving this car at the time. And I don't know if maybe a witness maybe saw the car go in that area or something. Well, even back then, they could take tire treads. I'm just saying. I mean... But, but somehow he could, have, he could have still been out there fishing or hunting. Mm. I mean, there could have been a real good reason for him to be out there well, besides murder. Right. So they find they track the car down, and it belongs to a guy that's working at one of the mills in town. So they go and talk to him, and you know he's like, "Well, you know, I don't have anything to do. I didn't have anything to do with this. You know, you can search my car, whatever." So they actually pull up the, you know, it looked like the car had been cleaned. They pull up the back seat, though. They take the seat out. And there's berries there. So they're like, well, shit. There's berries in this car. So he had purchased the car, like, right around the time that Mary had been killed and gone missing. So they go to the dealership. And... The salesman who sold him the car, he says, yeah, I remember this. I remember this car. I remember selling this car. I remember taking this car in. And the day he took the car in also coincided with the day that Mary disappeared. Okay. And he says he knows it was that day. I don't know how he remembered it was that day. It may have just been a significant day. Maybe it says, was significant because he knew Mary. Maybe. And she went missing. Yeah. And so 
they go to try to look at the receipt book to see who actually brought the car in and traded it in. Well, coincidentally, the receipt in the front of that for that car, the one in the front, the that the one that would have had that trade in on it, and the one after it were all missing out of the receipt book. Huh. Just those three pages. So the one before it, the one that it was, and the one after it. Hmm. Hmm. So, but they never were able, they, that's all she knew. Like, they, of course, they never charged anybody. They were never able to find who traded the car in. Well, then they don't know who done it. That's what I'm, I know. That's why it's still unsolved. But he said that they knew who done it. They just never could get enough evidence. To well, charge I'm, about to, get, I'm, I'm about to get to that because uh, just because there were berries in that car does not mean that he killed that woman. Because honestly, if they had just found that, <clears throat> and there would have been berries on it in October, and she had been missing in May, no, but there would have been berries on it in May when he when she went missing is what the horticulturist said okay but that still doesn't prove that that car had anything to do with her murder no i mean they could have just but they're saying that the reason they thought it did was because they found that branch by the bag that had the french's instant potatoes in it and i get that so they would have had to have gotten there pretty close to the same time because they were all both covered in the same spot with the leaves and stuff that were falling at the time. But the berries being in that particular car does not necessarily mean that that's the one that dropped that stick is all I'm saying. Well, I mean, it just depends. I mean, I mean how many cars were somewhere that was not, that, that had something that wasn't indigenous to that area in it? I mean, well, I mean, apparently it's growing around that area somewhere. Not around that area is what not I'm saying. In the, not by the creek, but somewhere in that town, people probably planted it. It could have been in anybody's yard. I don't know how it got there is what I'm saying. And and if it's not indigenous to that area, there wouldn't have been that many cars that would have had that branch in them with those berries. But, it, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> it still doesn't mean that the owner of that car killed the woman. Well, why would somebody do that and then immediately that same day... Happened to trade that car in that had decided, berries in under the seat. They just that is a they, that is a crazy coincidence. They just decided they needed a new car. So the car, the only car that possibly probably could have had those berries in it, with that stick found next to the bag of with the potatoes in it, happened on the day that Mary went yeah, missing. Why not? Happened to be traded in on the same same day. But you could, okay, now I want you to imagine being in court, because that's exactly what they would do. There's no proof that that car, the driver of that car had anything but to do with it. But if you've got other evidence against somebody, like if you can, you can convict somebody with, if you've got enough circumstantial evidence. And right, but berries, that would be strong circumstantial evidence. But berries being in a car, they're going to throw, because I mean, it can be explained, anything that can be explained away, you're not going to get a conviction. Not unless you've got a lot of stuff. If you have a lot of stuff, yes. But I'm saying that could, that potentially could be strong evidence. It potentially, potentially, but not necessarily. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a hell of a coincidence is what I'm saying. But it could still, I'm not <laughs> saying that it is, I'm in no way, but it definitely could be. And that's what they would argue in court. Well, I'm just saying that 
that would be a hell of a coincidence. It would be, and I'll agree on that. But I'm just saying. Because if I was on that drug, I'd be like, damn. But then when they started, that's quite a coincidence. Anybody could have gotten those berries. No, I would have already made up my mind by then. I'd be like, "Mm, well, you're (laughs) right there. The berries were in that car, but that doesn't necessarily mean I would have already made up my mind. That's because you made up your mind on a whim. He would be so guilty. This is why she never has jury duty. <laughs> Think about it. Because when they go in there, she goes in there. And I've never been called jur- for jury duty, ever. No. I've been called like seven times. Because. I don't think I'll be called anymore, though, because I told them to take me off because I was a caretaker for my elderly mother. Oh. Just trying to get out of your civic oh, duty. Using your own mother to get out of your civic hate, duty. Look, I have not wanted to do jury duty since I had to sit on that rape case. And I just, I, no. Why are you bringing everybody down? Tom, <laughs> you do know what we're talking about, right? <laughs> we're talking about berries. <laughs> what are you talking about? Berries. Okay. There are all kinds of berries out there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's philosophical. Now, <laughs> now, I saw another interview given on YouTube by the daughter of a man named Paul Hurst. And he also worked at Redstone Arsenal. And him, three other men, and Mary had a carpool where they all carpooled to work together okay. at the Redstone Arsenal. So, now she said that one night her dad came home and was telling her mom... That Mary had started talking to this guy at work. And it was, and that just kind of surprised them because that wasn't like Mary. She really wasn't, she really wouldn't, you know, very outgoing. And she didn't usually talk to people a whole lot. And she, and they said that they found it strange because they would see Mary and this guy just kind of off in a corner by themselves talking. Nothing nefarious that they could see, just that it was odd. Plus, it was odd because the guy was married. Well, maybe that's why they were in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) So they never saw anything nefarious going on. They just thought that it was strange because it was out of Mary Faye's character for her just to be off with this guy talking. Now, after Mary Faye disappeared... This girl's this lady, well, she's a woman now, lady now, older lady. She said that her dad and his carpool buddies immediately suspected this guy. Okay. As being responsible. But, I mean, that's not, they didn't tell the police that or anything because they really didn't have any proof. It was just a feeling they had. And all they had was that, hey, we just saw them talking. Exactly. And that's not like, so, I mean, they're just, I mean, it's not like they're saying Oh, I saw them talking, so he must be guilty of murder. They just had suspicions. So that was actually the rumor in town. And I don't know who started it. I don't know if it was one of these guys or if it It was somebody else. Well, it could have been somebody else that worked at the arsenal, too, that that had noticed this also. So the rumor going around was that this guy, this married man, had actually gotten Mary Faye pregnant. And so she went from talking to a guy in a corner to being <laughs> pregnant to him killing her. Yes. Welcome to Alabama. Welcome to, to small towns. <laughs> Enjoy. This is what it's all about. So it first started off 
that she was pregnant and he didn't want his wife to know so he killed her and then it kind of bloomed into well she was she had gone to have an abortion and she bled out because something went wrong with the abortion so on the way back she started bleeding out so they just dumped her in the woods because they got that freaked makes out. No, it makes absolutely no sense, and I will tell she you was why. Was seen at the beauty shop and seen at the grocery <laughs> store. Who goes to buy French's instant potatoes to go have right an abortion? Go, they go have an abortion. Well, I gotta have something to eat. <laughs> I'm gonna be hungry after this abortion. All I need is some water. I mean, it's ridiculous is what I mean, it is. I mean, this is, you know. Now, I'm not saying that her and this married man didn't have something going on. I'm, I'm not, not saying say that. I'm not going to say they didn't, but if people would just mind their own business, <laughs> crap like this wouldn't get started. But, 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 this guy, not long after Mary Faye disappeared, ended up committing suicide. Well, there could have been something else going on, totally not even connected <laughs> to the... I mean, I'm sorry, but y'all, I, most people don't tell their whole life <laughs> problems to everybody. But it just, it fueled the rumors. And I get that, <laughs> but that's why people should just mind their own business and stop talking about people, because you don't know what's going on in people's lives. People... Man, you said people like 40 times know, in that right? one sentence. <laughs> I couldn't think of another word. <laughs> I could think of a few, but people, they weren't very Come nice. on, people. Stop being people. Why are you so like that, people? I mean, I just don't understand. I mean, the girl's dead. Quit running her name through the mud. <laughs> Jeez. Only I can do that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, if, I just find that ridiculous. She's, she's not going to go buy potatoes right before she goes to have an abortion. Why? I mean, I mean, <laughs> she's not going to go get her hair done either. I got to look good well, no, when I not. get. <laughs> I got to be dressed up for this abortion. I mean, use your brains, people. <laughs> now, honestly, I I will say, in that day and time, I could see her going to get her hair done, but she's not going to go buy potatoes. <laughs> well, this will throw them off. Let me go buy these potatoes, and they'll never know. That way, when I end up dead, they won't know that I bled out from an abortion, because they'll be like, well, who the hell goes and buys potatoes before they an abortion? They won't never know I was even pregnant, because they're like, there's no way she would go buy these before. Yeah, wasn't happening, people. Yeah, that's so, no. She didn't you go see that. how ridiculous that sounds now. <laughs> the murder of Mary Faye Hunter, it remains unsolved to this day. And the only real clue they had and lead they had was the guy who committed suicide. And I've just got a feeling that that's probably who um, the police officer who had the conversation with his stepdaughter that we went through. I, when he said, well, we know who did it. We just couldn't prove it. I'm pretty sure that they were talking about that guy. Because that was well, really the only thing that ever came up as any type of suspect. Him committing suicide does not mean he killed her, though. No, it doesn't. I mean, he was seen talking to her and then committed suicide. 
automatically, I guess, that makes you a murderer. <laughs> now, they may have known other things. They like, they have. may have known who owned that car that they found with the berries in it. I don't know. I mean, there's really no... The police records have not been released on any of this. So, I don't know. Hmm. But it could have been. I mean, they I knew mean, who it, did it. And, it could have been. And, it may, and, not, and that guy may not even be who that officer was referring to. I'm just saying, if it is that guy, and that's all they have on him, that's not... That doesn't point to murder. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Now, one thing I did find weird... There was another woman, Juanita Acker. She was actually born Juanita Holland on July 15, 1928, and her family lived near Birmingham in a town named Alexandria. And she graduated Alexandria High School in the 40s. And in 1947, she met a man named Callis Cratton Acker. All right. (laughs) Who went by Cal, and the two married in 1947. Now, the couple went on to have three children, a son named William and two daughters named Susan and Kathy. Juanita would join the United States Women in the Air Force, which I which I think was just like a, that's what it was called, United States Women in the Air Force. And I think that it was just part of the Air Force, but they had to distinguish the fact that it was women. Okay. <laughs> so. Makes sense. I, <laughs> I don't know. And I, so anyway. They had to make sure that you they had the women separate. Yeah, you knew it was a woman. So she went off for basic training at, at, at Latin Air Force Base in Texas. But that is what a, the eventually brought the family to Decatur, Alabama, because Juanita also happened to work at Redstone Arsenal. Now, in 1966, Cal passed away from cancer. So that left Juanita, 37 years old, to raise three children. And over the next couple of years, you know, Juanita and the three kids, they would struggle to recover, you know, yeah. emotionally and financially. Yeah. And then in 1969, their their home burned down. Aww. So they had to end up moving into a motel temporarily out on U.S. Route 31. So the her and the two daughters, they go to live in the motel. And their son, her son, William, he actually find some friends to stay with okay. during during this time. Okay. Now, on Friday, May the 23rd, 1969, both of Juanita's daughters left for the evening. 16-year-old Susan, she went, she had a date, so she went out on a date, and 12-year-old Kathy was spending the night at a friend's house. Okay. So Juanita left a motel key beneath the doormat so that Susan would be able to come back after her date. Now, it was pretty much, you know, just a backup key they had in case one of them got locked out, then a key right. would always be there. Right. Like you would do at home. Now, a motel employee who started his shift about 11 p.m., he stated that when he came on shift, the phone line to Juanita Acker's room was connected. Okay. When he clocked in. so And again, this was around 11. And he later told police that the phone was connected for about seven minutes or so. Okay. You know, so the phone call would have ended around 11.07, 11.08, somewhere in there. Now, a couple of hours later, after 1 a.m., Juanita's daughter, Susan, she returned to the motel room after her date. She was with her boyfriend, and as they approached, they saw that the key, which, you know, should have been under the doormat, was actually laying on top of the mat. 
So they pick it up, unlock the door, and when they entered the motel room, they found 40-year-old Juanita Acker lying in a blood-soaked bed. Uh. Investigators stated that she had been shot twice in the face with a 22 caliber pistol. They, the police stated there was nothing missing from the room, there was no signs of burglary, and Morgan County Sheriff David Sandlin, he said, quote, I think somebody slipped in while she was sleeping and shot her, unquote. Huh. Police then questioned both of her daughters, and they also asked around the motel looking for anyone that might have knew anything, and of course that's when they discovered the employee right, who noticed right. that the phone was on. They also discovered that a family friend had come to visit Juanita at around 10. But I guess this family friend had supposedly left by the time the murder was committed. Okay. And I guess would have left. I don't know if this person was there during the phone call or not. Now, toxicologists determined that Acker's time of death had been around 11.30 p.m. based on evidence and the clues that they found at the scene. So, that makes me think, why didn't anybody hear the gunshots? That's... See, I'm not understanding people not hearing gunshots in these cases. <laughs> not either. I mean, do they 11... not know what gunshots sound like? I don't know. I don't know if they're, if the two rooms maybe on either side of her were not occupied. But I don't know somebody... if she was on the end of the, you know, I don't know. But they the twenty two pistol is not quiet. No, it's not quiet. I mean, it's not it loud as some, but it's not it, quiet. You still hear the pop. I would think you would hear the pop. I mean, even outside, if somebody just walking by, you would hear it. Yeah. I mean, I just, but they never found anybody, nobody reported hearing gunshots. Nobody they questioned came, you know, nobody came forward saying, yeah, we, after the murder saying, well, we did hear pops or something. Nobody ever came forward with any of that. Huh. So, state investigator Bob Hancock, who, as you remember, led the investigation into Mary Faye Hunter's death, Helped out with this one, too. And he he was kind of the go-between between the state and the local authorities. Now, one of the investigators involved on the case, Clarence Harris, he was told that Acker was set to remarry in August of that year to a man named Bill Givens, who lived in near Chicago. Now, I, can't, I didn't find anything saying if he was questioned about if he had anything to do with it or about where he was, but I can only assume that they did. Right. I mean, they had to, right? I would think. Yeah. So, I just find that strange that that's another employee of the Redstone Arsenal that seems to have just been essentially executed. If somebody yeah. just walked into her room while she was on the bed and shot her twice in the face, they were just there to shoot, to kill her. Let me. Maybe it was a police officer on the police force. Or maybe it was just some crazy dude walking. Maybe it was her boyfriend. Or. Or maybe there was some shit going on at the Redstone Arsenal that people weren't supposed to be knowing about. But, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. I just think maybe it's tied to the Arsenal. I don't know. And another reason I think that is because in August of 1971... A man named David Smart disappeared. Now, Smart he wasn't so smart then. <laughs> no, Smart was an engineer at where else? Redstone Arsenal. Now, his body was found a month after he went missing near Wheeler National Wildlife Refuge. 
He had been shot once in the head. Okay. Execution style. So that's three people that worked at Redstone Arsenal that ended up murdered. And we know two of them were shot in the head. Yeah. We don't know how Mary Faye Hunter died. We have no way of knowing. Maybe it was an employee there that they knew things on and were about to like. Like maybe a married man that was having an affair. No. <laughs> he, I'm talking he was about, dead. I'm talking about something that he shouldn't have been doing there and they were going to like tell on him. I don't and, know. I just find that odd. I just, or maybe it's just somebody who's just fucking crazy. Or maybe it's all none of them tied together at all and it's all just a big coinky-dink. <laughs> but, or maybe it's a big deep state government conspiracy. It very well could be. Because I bet they found out all that right, we didn't all, really land on the moon. <laughs> all right, all of my conspiracy theorists out there. I we bet need to look you into this. that they realized that the wool, they were trying to pull the wool over Americans' eyes by making them think that we landed on the moon. We did land on the moon. <laughs> they, found, they, they found the movie set where it was <laughs> They like walked in. They thought it was the bathroom. And they just walked in and they're like, well, shit, this looks like the scene from the moon. I'm just like... <laughs> But no, for real though, I just find it odd that three employees of the Redstone Arsenal all ended up murdered in that one little small Well, town. that was, I mean, it could very well, like you said, not even be connected because that would have been the biggest place there for people to yeah, work. Yeah, that's true. Because that's so, really I mean, why statistically, the town was there. Yeah. So, so I guess I mean, statistically, but for in that small area for, for murder, for that many murders to be eat. I mean, know, it's, it's, it's you, it, there's, a lot of possibilities. Areas, but I just I mean, wanted to bring those two up to throw, just to throw a, a little wrinkle in there. It could have just been a hitchhiker. And speaking of hitchhikers, I was coming Did home. he keep coming through? Could. Well, it could, be different <laughs> it could be different hitchhikers. So Decatur's just hit with a rash of murderous hitchhikers. Could be. I was coming home yesterday after being at the office for a few minutes. And this guy's walking along the side of the road. <laughs> And he sticks his thumb out. I'm like, you have lost your mind if you think I'm going to stop it, He knows up. that it, what year it is, right? And <laughs> he knows it's like, like 19. It's not 1974. And um, nobody's you picking know what your the, ass up. You know what the scary thing is? Is he looked like that guy in the movie, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> that they picked up on the side of the road. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe no. He, maybe he was just cosplaying. Oh, my God, it was freaky. <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh, hell no. He was uh-uh. cosplaying. Or either he was getting a really early jump on Halloween. I don't know, <laughs> but it was freaky. One, one or the, uh, one, it's one of those two things. Or it he's just was a, really weird. And I'm like, dude, ain't nobody going <laughs> to stop and pick your ass up. It is 2021. <laughs> Everybody has seen the well, movie by now. <laughs> There's nobody here that hasn't seen the movie. <laughs> Everybody has seen the movie. Parents, before their kids start driving, show them this movie. This is why you don't pick hitchhikers up. They should. They, every child, every young, I say, and don't go to random farmhouses out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Angie Medley. We're talking to you. If I hear a chainsaw. I'm leaving. I'm just telling you that right now. 
That's what I told her. Oh, me. So that's the story of the Redstone Arsenal awesome. and the murder of Mary Well, it's Faye not Hunter. awesome that they got murdered. <laughs> you sound, you sound, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean. Cool. We got through it. That's what's awesome. <laughs> we got through the story without. The story. But, so. Totally screwing it up. I mean, it's still unsolved to this day, and it'll be unsolved. They will never solve it no, because they don't have any. There's no there's evidence. There's no evidence. So, other than a French's potato, instant potatoes box and and that she bought after she, that, what before she went to get an, an abortion and a bent tree limb, <laughs> a bent tree limb in the woods. I don't think it was. Oh. A tree. I don't think it was actually a stick. I think it was, you know, like a stem off a bush. So. I just don't know. It was a why. bush stem. I don't know why a stick would be in the woods. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like saying like there was a pecan tree limb in somewhere they don't have pecans <laughs> unless someone planted it oh my god but the reason it's not there is because that place isn't suitable to grow that there or it would be there all right so now oh i do need to go i guess i need to go over some sources don't i you don't have to. Well, it would. It they might get mad, but you don't. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a story. I mean, you don't really. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, if I use something, I'm going to name it. Because that's just, that's just how I roll. So, most of this came from um, newspaper articles. Um, who killed these women? An article in the Decatur Daily. Um, the Aniston Star. Some articles there some articles from the alabama courier the coleman times athens news basically courier. every alabama newspaper in that area yeah. from birmingham all the way around decatur daily just most of the newspapers there so i did just want to mention that i didn't want to get called out for not naming sources on here <clears throat> so now that the mutual hogwash is it's time for our crafty criminal of the week. Yay! Disclaimer, please know these people are not crafty and can barely be called criminals. Now, this one is entitled Burrito Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, Aiden Juarez Ramirez had it all figured out. Did he now? Yes. He could be a cop without having to take that stupid, boring test. Uh, but. No. <laughs> He was arrested in Grapevine, Texas after for impersonating a cop. After pulling over a driver in his pickup truck outfitted with flashing lights. He even, now this guy was real smart, because he even had an ID badge, which he'd made by blacking out a restaurant gift card and etching the word police on it. However, he kept the restaurant's logo, a jalapeno pepper surrounded by the word Chipotle Mexican Grill. <laughs> Some people have way too much time on their hands. So there's that. If you're not actually certified as a police officer, you cannot be a police officer. Plus, if you're going to try, at least, at least make black a, out the jalapeno. Well, no, it, you, there, you can go, no. You can go to UPS or anywhere and they will make those little badges for you. 
You could probably um, go to like a convention somewhere and pick one up. Yeah, probably. Put I your bet you picture could go on to like it. one of those gun shows and stuff because they yeah. have those things there like that. I bought, Which is like, crazy ridiculous. I bought FBI that they sell badges. Those. I bought FBI badges at the freaking Walker Stalker convention. I got FBI badges for Mulder and Scully, but I they, mean, it's not like they well, look I got real them for at Dean. all. I got them for Dean and Sam Winchester, but I'm saying that wouldn't look more real than, <laughs> than a Chipotle gift card. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they might buy it now, a little more. I guess it would look more official than that. Yeah. Yes, when compared to a Chipotle gift card, yes. It would be a little bit more believable. <laughs> Not a lot, but a little. So, that's our Crafty Criminal of the Week. Stupid ass. <laughs> like I said, he's not crafty. Now, don't forget you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash onecrimepod. You can also check out our merch at tpublic slash onecrimepod. But we will have a link to both of those in the description of this episode, so you don't have to write them down. Remember, you can email us at onecrimeatatime at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at One Crime Pod on all of those sites. And the biggest thing you can do to help us out is just go give us, go rate us and give us a written review on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. or iTunes. We will read it on the air eventually. As and soon as we get all, <laughs> through all of them, we, we'll get to it. And we would greatly appreciate it and love you forever. And so, I, I guess, guess that's it until... Do you have anything else you would like to share with I our do. audience? I do. I do. Oh, Lord, here we go. <laughs> I love you guys. And thank you for hanging in there with me. Because it's been rough. It really they has. They got it. They know. And I'm sure that you want to listen to a paranormal podcast, right? Go listen to it. <laughs> go listen to what? Well, there's some out there. Some of them may not have heard the ones I've already we've already put up. But what's the name of it? You're out just in t- the <laughs> You're, telling, you're talking to them like they're supposed to know what you're well, talking they, about. They should. But they, they probably don't. do, but you still want to. It's called Out in the Sticks. I'm, I'm just schooling her right here on the air. Look. In, you know, proper a, etiquette, for, uh, proper podcast etiquette. It's been a rough two months. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And I am going to get a new episode out for Out in the Sticks. So hang in there. We're yeah. coming. We're coming We're back. coming at you. We're going to be all up in your face. Yeah, well, I don't. You're gonna know be about so that. tired of us. I don't. If like you're people. not already, I don't like people in my personal space. So you don't have get to get out my face. I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm just talking about how it is on the street. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging yes. in there with us. We love you Thank guys you. to death. No pun intended. Um. <laughs> You guys are awesome. We appreciate you so, so much. And until next week, or until we talk to you until again. Until we meet again. Until we meet again, guys. Remember, only dive into one crime at a time. Bye. Do you love true crime, but are looking for something different? It sounds like a sitcom. It does. The kind of assholes, you should probably leave them alone. Do you like learning about cases so off the wall they can't possibly be true? Her wig is enormous, but it is lifted off her head by a monkey. Do you love history, but want to hear about what they didn't teach you in school? It's just got a almost where you hang your horns sign. <laughs> Do you like laughing awkwardly about cases that are bizarre and a little strange? They'd be able to wield so many knives with all of their little arms. <laughs> 
then we have the podcast for you. Join me, Lindsay. And me, Madison, for Ye Old Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. Listen every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime.